It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Today's sponsor is audible.com who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash shark. Welcome to the Movies, Films, and Flicks podcast. I'm your host, John Laswell. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Mark Hopmeyer. My New Year's resolution is to stop procrastinating. Uh, when are you going to get started on that? Soon. Yeah. <laughs> I, just sort of, I, just sort of, I just sort of thought about it today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I can't believe it's already March. Actually, yeah, where the wait? It's March. Yeah, I mean, where'd the time go? I don't know. <sighs> well, I it's think... just one of those nights, I guess. What <laughs> 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 lampshades? Yeah. What about them? I don't know. Honestly, I think it's just. I mean, it's a good point. Well, okay. I think movie-wise, I think we're just in the point of year where just like everyone's just kind of really tired from like award season. Mm-hmm. I think we just really need to just need like a really big action, like a blockbuster to just kind of you know lift our spirits again. For sure, and I guess one's coming out soon with Wolverine or Logan. Logan Kong Skull Island. Is coming oh yeah. Out. Kong, that looks fun, Kong Skull Island. Like, Logan looks like a really serious R-rated blood fest, but Kong looks like a cheeky popcorn flick. I, I think, uh, what, John Goodman, right? Or Yeah, John Goodman, John C. Riley, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson, uh, Brie Larson. Tom Hiddleston. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's a movie about King Kong. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's like, I guess they bomb at the King Kong's island, and he has to fight a bunch of monsters. Sure, sure. That island sounds terrible to live on. If I was Kong, I would move. So you would never take a, a vacation to Skull Island? I mean, why would you want to live in a place where you have to battle monsters constantly? Well, you know, maybe it was like the one place in the world where beachfront property is very affordable. <laughs> yeah, you could probably get a cheap timeshare. Sure, sure. You know, the uh, it's very cheap, but you have to deal with, like, monsters <laughs> and uh, roving, like, militias, like, trying to, trying to take down the monsters. So, But other than that, it's beautiful. Just I never beautiful. understand why humans want to, like, attack giant creatures. It never ends well. I don't know, but it makes for a very entertaining movie. <laughs> and it features a palm, palm, palm tree as a spear. <laughs> I've never know. seen a helicopter speared by a palm tree. Yeah. Have you? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen one day. Yeah, I'm sure. And then, and then we'll be like, we called it here in movies, yeah. films, and flicks. Yeah. It'll be a it'll be a video. Yeah. Since since co-host Levengood here, he's pretty, he probably goes to a restaurant. They can't give him a fifth burger. And he <laughs> just goes outside and throws a palm tree. Oh, sorry, sir. You've uh, you've reached your burger limit to, for today. <laughs> yep. And then he would just freak out. Ugh. Throw throw a palm tree. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think now's a good time to start the podcast, like we usually do, with listener questions, Mark. Think you have listener questions for us this week? Yeah, I just I don't know if you want me to tell us, but before we start the podcast, so it's just uh, Lazvath and I tonight. Lazvath is like, you have the questions tonight, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh I yeah. <laughs> so <it> doesn't <laughs> So due to like our, we kind of have like a tra- uh, crazy travel schedule going on right now, and so um, you know we we kind of had to haphazardly record tonight, even though it's going to be great. And I didn't have too many questions in the hopper, so I reached out to a longtime listener named Sean, and I, and I just sent out a quick text message. I'm like, hey, let me have two questions for the podcast. And he sent out three questions, but I took his first two. And you're going to see why in a, in a second, Lazavath. So okay. his first question after I sent him, uh, can you send me qu- two questions for the podcast tonight? His first question was, does a question have to be topical? I don't think it's ever topical. And neither yeah, is like, the answer. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I think if you're topical, we've done that before, but it, it maybe it deflects from randomness. Yeah. Which is against the point. Right? Yeah. Because we're kind of, like, guiding you in a direction, but we want you to just kind of spit out whatever. Mm-hmm. So does the question have to be topical? I don't want to give an answer to that. Uh, so, wait, is this the first question? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought he had another one, but I said two questions, and he gave me two. All right. Um, so, does the listener question have to be topical? You mean like a cream? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this like that? This sort of lathers us up and like soaks in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, maybe you <laughs> like uh, you have a skin condition. You just slather on movies, films, and flicks lotion. <laughs> top, MFF topical lotion? Yeah. Available over the counter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't uh, want to give an answer, right? Does it have to be topical? 
No, it doesn't have to be topical. And but yes, it could be. It could be. If it comes to your head immediately. You know what's funny is that like even if it was topical, we would find a way not to make it topical. So basically, you could just do whatever question you want. Sure, because you'll never get the answer you want. And normally it's about movies, but I asked him for two questions, and this was the first one he gave me. So being a true MFF style, <laughs> I just use this one. Right, right. Like I, I don't know. Like here's the thing. Like we live in very politicized times at the moment, so topical questions can become they become kind of slanted one way, and even. Even if the question is about movies, like any topical, topical question, like there's always that risk. So I don't know. Maybe I don't want it to be topical. All right, let's do a test. All right. Give me the first question that comes out of your head about movies right now. That's topical? Yeah, anything. Anything. Uh, why did Matt Damon's, or why did uh, Matt Damon do make, make the Great Wall? Perfect. Okay. Now... Let's say we're talking about, um, let's see, we're talking about Citizen Kane, and you need a topical question. Go now. Topical question about Citizen Kane? Yeah. Uh, does does uh the Citizen Kane do the do the themes of Citizen Kane apply today? Are they still are they, are they more relevant today? See, I like the first one better. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was it was free form. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that could lead us into a discussion about Damon's ponytail. <laughs> yeah, whereas like the second question is just like there's a very narrow focus. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we shouldn't make it topical. Maybe I shouldn't tell people what the topic is. Or maybe just don't even tell them what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just need two questions. Give me two questions. About what? <laughs> Movies. Anything. <laughs> I like it. This like ambush questions. Right. Because then if we get into a habit of taking really weird and random questions, people are going to really in, put in a lot of deep thought into coming up with really weird and offbeat questions. Mm. Right? Yeah. But sometimes those are really hard to answer. Yeah. And you know when you try hard, like it just doesn't work, it's better just freeform. Sure. Like the biggest post on movie films and flicks that we, I've ever had, I've kind of come up with and written over a weekend. Hmm. Not like the, but the posts that I put like a month's work into, you know, that they do well, but they don't do nearly as well as like the ones I just went, aha. <laughs> right? Yeah. Interesting. I like it. So do the questions have to be topical? Whatever. Exactly. Do your thing. Be you. Think for yourself. Don't be a sheep. Be like Ban Damon and grow out a man bun <laughs> and save the Great Wall of China. <laughs> yeah, by the time you're done thinking about a topical question, you could have already had a ponytail. Sure. I think that's the uh, the final answer. Matt Damon's man bun. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. All right. Uh, so, all right. That's just one question, and then we'll come to the second question later. Yep. Awesome. All right, so today's topic is, uh, yeah, it's about two movies that are uh, currently in the spotlight. I guess the topic is topical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see what I did? 
Nice. And you mentioned the best picture winner from last year too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I know I just got done saying like, oh man, I'm just so tired of watching like all these award winning movies. <laughs> Uh, but now we're going to talk about some award-winning movies. <laughs> uh, specifically, Manchester by the Sea and La La Land. Two very good movies, but also very different in terms of tone. And just, uh, just man, it just, one makes you feel really good, and one makes you feel like complete crap. Like, holy crap. See, I, you're talking about... La La Land makes you feel like crap. Oh, yeah. And then Manchester <laughs> is kind of uplifting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a barrel of laughs. <laughs> no, uh, uh, yeah, let's... Yeah, Manchester by Sea and La La Land, two very acclaimed movies from, like, this past uh, award season. I think, uh, yeah, let's let's get started with Manchester by the Sea. It's, it's Casey Affleck's starer. It's a... Uh, Kenneth Lonergan directed, who also did Margaret, and you can count on me. The dude's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Damon produced it. He was originally supposed to star in it, but, you know. Yeah, to... He wanted to grow a man bun, and Kenneth Lonergan's like, no. No. <laughs> and then he was like, well, I'm going to go off to China and make a movie about a wall. You can have Casey Affleck. And look, uh... <laughs> look how that decision paid off. Although he probably did yeah. get a huge paycheck. Seriously. Uh, but yeah, Manchester by the Sea. It's a drama in every sense of the word. It's it's very bleak, but, it, uh, but it's never manipulative. No, no, it's it's not like it's not. I I wouldn't classify this movie as Oscar bait, for sure. It it genuinely earns like all the. Uh, it genuinely earns its depression. If that makes any sense. Yeah, there's no like, there's no like fake out tropes. Yeah. There's no like, you know, Patch Adams. Sure, sure. Is in it like it? The the death in this film is like what sparks everything. It's not like well, the deaths. Let, let's go back to the story. So Casey yeah, Affleck yeah. Pay, plays a. Uh, forgot the character's name. <laughs> yeah, uh, Boston Lager. Yeah, Boston Lager. Uh, basically, his brother dies, and he has to go back to his hometown, Manchester, to kind of help uh, his nephew just kind of, you know, with all the things that you do when uh, a parent dies, just, like, kind of takes care of the kid for a while until, like, uh, they get, you know, everything sorted out. And the movie is just kind of, it's very much a character study. It's a very depressing character study. I, I just I think that's oh the best goodness. way to put it, right? Yeah, and um I tell you though, it's very bleak, it's very sad, but it's so good. Like it's almost like so it's like thrillingly sad because it's so good. What makes it Okay, so we know why it's so sad because uh Casey Affleck's character just goes through a ton of crap. Like like a ton of crap. Like it's almost. Do you want to do, you want to do spoilers here? Oh yeah, yeah. Spoilers. Okay, good. Uh, all right. Well, so, you know, obviously uh, do you the brother bust dies. out the spoilers. Yeah, yeah. So obviously the brother dies. His brother dies, and you see his brother, yep. played by Kyle Chandler, do uh, flashbacks, and it's like they had a very close relationship. You know, I think his brother died yep. suddenly of a heart condition. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly. Yep. So yeah. And then you uh, find out at one point, uh, 
he was married. He, you know, he had a couple kids too. Yeah, Casey Affleck or yeah. Lee Chandler. Yeah, yeah. But uh, mm, man, he ends up losing a, his kids in a house fire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, his kids. He goes out to get some groceries, like what diapers, and like food for his kids. Yeah. Yeah. And he forgets to close the um the furnace. The furnace downstairs. A little fire rolls out. Uh, of something rolls out. His house catches on fire. His wife gets out of the house, but the two kids send something in the. You know, it's an old house, mm-hmm. so the two kids burn. So he ends up leaving town, and he becomes a maintenance man in Boston. Right. And then he has to come back to Manchester, where all the worst things have ever happened to him. Have happened to him, and he has to take care of his nephew while dealing with the townsfolk and his ex-wife, played by the amazing Michelle Williams. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Like one of one of the most common things I read and a bunch of reviews I read for this movie is that the the area of New England itself was very much a character in this movie. Mm-hmm. It really added to the. Uh, kind of the bleak nature of the movie like just cold it was just cold um it was very much a working class blue collar kind of vibe throughout the movie and i guess in that part of new england it's very 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 much blue collar you know you don't see like a lot of fancy houses or fancy cars like it's just it's just a working man's neighborhood or working man's world would you say it's blue chowder blue chowder yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really bad. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, yeah, but I think it's just this this director, uh, just the way he works, and he's a playwright. And he actually won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for this film. And I don't know, like, you, there's not much expository dialogue. I think there's one of the best scenes of the year between Michelle Williams and Casey Affleck where she basically says that she just blamed him from everything and treated him terribly. And like, I think it kind of breaks down this guy's grief and what he's gone through and how he just sort of shelled up in him, in himself. But like Casey Affleck's performance, and this is going to sound weird, but like, you know, there's, he had, you know, he had some sexual uh, abuse allegations while he's working on I'm still here. So this movie has like made his profile worse, I think. And everyone was kind of pissed. He lost to Denzel, uh, you know, cause of all of his past, but as far as performances go, like, I bought into this a hundred percent. This was not an easy performance. Like a lot of people are like, he didn't say much, but like, this seems like a really tough role to inhabit. Don't you think? Yeah. It was just like, it wasn't an easy role, but I think what made his performance so brilliant is that he never made it over the top. I think Lee Chandler was just like he was just a guy trying to cope with everything and he just didn't know how to deal with it. Like a lot of his a lot of his emotions felt kind of muted. You know, it's just like it just it felt like he was dead on the inside and it just felt perfect for the character in the story. Right? Yeah, and like uh, he has 100% to feel dead inside this character. And it's yeah. just amazing that he keeps on going and the fact that he could like get out of bed is pretty impressive. Yeah. You know? Oh man. He's not like in jail. <laughs> he beat up those two business guys. Yeah. Oh man. It's just 
I'd hate to have a drunk Casey Affleck attacking me in a bar. No, no, because uh, he's a pretty scrappy dude. Seems like a little pit bull. He's wiry. <laughs> like, he hits stronger than you would think. Yeah, exactly. Like, whoa, where'd that come from? But the thing is, like, uh, sober, like, he doesn't punch as hard for some reason. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he's just not, he's not thinking about it. It's like our questions. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like, you know, when I was watching this movie, I'm just like, it just felt like I was just getting hit in the face with, like, just... Depre- with like a pillowcase full of depression. <laughs> if this was a 4D experience, like there'd be a, a usher next to you hitting you in the face with a pillow. Yeah, I was just like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> but here's the thing, like uh, we mentioned earlier, none of it was manipulative. Like it all felt very realistic. Like, like I was thinking to myself during the movie, like, yeah, I think this is pretty much how I would react if I was in that situation. I think that goes for a lot of people I know as well. And just like, yeah, none of it, it, it never, none of it ever felt like uh, it was just him hamming it up, you know, just trying to win an Oscar. Like, it was just like, he was doing like a very naturalistic, like, uh, portrayal of depression. Like, there's yeah. something, there's something very, something very beautiful about that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was insulting to any of that. And also, um, I, I just, I've always thought Casey Affleck was like a really good actor. Um, I watched, let's see, I don't know. He's been great in a bunch of roles, but I watched that movie, The Killer Inside Me. Oh, uh, yeah. And Ain't Them Body Saints. Like, th- the dude can act. And yeah. I think this role was perfect. Like, I think it was more perfectly tailored to him than Matt Damon. Sure, sure. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think it was just a case of finding the right actor with the right script. Yeah. And, like, I mean, the, 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 it's kind of hard to say, but the depression felt weird. He wasn't like mean mugging depression. Like, you know, Jim Carrey in the majestic, like you can, there's some actors who play sad sack or like oh, play yeah. it broad. Um, no, Casey Affleck made it kind of narrow. It's just like, like he went the other direction. Like it was very kind of subtle. And, yeah. uh, I want to see what you think about this. So I love that movie hunt for the wilder people, mm-hmm. but there's a death in that film that is basically like, um, it's not like really organic to the story. It's like a, a device to move the story forward. Yeah. Uh, now I love that movie, but that, that sort of felt a little manipulative to me. Sure. Right. But this didn't, I don't know. I guess if you explain this movie to someone, they'd be like, gross. <laughs> but like, right. But it, like it kind it's of Oscar bait. <laughs> and like much like moonlight, which is am, like amazing. Like if you explain moonlight to someone, they're like, I don't want to watch that. But like, they're both like, both these movies you think are like Oscar bait, but they just managed to transcend whatever they were. Sure. So. <laughs> well, I think, so I think, you know, we're focusing a lot on the kind of depression uh, portrayal of the character, you know, rightly so. But like, there's a lot of moments where like, you know, Casey Affleck portrays Lee Chandler as a very caring guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember that one scene where his nephew just freaks out when like the, the frozen chicken breasts like oh, just yeah. fall out. And the reason why he's freaking out is because like, uh, you know, due to the weather, like they can't bury his father like right away. Like they had to put him in the freezer until the, the ground starts to thaw a little bit. And so like he, he just didn't like the idea of his dad sitting in the freezer. So when like the chicken falls out of the freezer, he just starts breaking down crying. And Casey, like or Lee Chandler is just like trying his best to console him. They're just like, Hey, you know, don't cry. 
And like, uh, you know, he's not very good at it, but you can tell that he's trying. And then, you know, later on, like, uh, you know, the nephew, like, uh, who was really good in this movie, by the way, I really loved his character, but like, oh yeah, but yeah, like, uh, he was just like in a room, like, uh, he had the door locked, and Casey, and like, Lee Chan was like, just bust through that door, Terminator style, like, I don't think you should, <laughs> like, don't close this door. <laughs> yeah, like that was yeah. a pretty awesome scene. And like, no, and and the he, he cared, and he liked the kid too. He knew that like he couldn't stay in the town, but he's gonna be a part of that kid's life. He he actually got the apartment with like an extra room. Like, I think, you know, and, and he has no reason to be in that town. Sure. Right. Like, would you want to stay there? No. I I, and I like that. Like, he didn't magic. There was no big speech that made him stay. Like, he got the kids set up. The kid had a good thing going. And then he said, hey, come visit me whenever you want. Sure. Sure. Uh, and also, that drummer was pretty terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that band wasn't all that great, really. Just in, in general. Yeah, so the kid Patrick, played by Lucas Hedge, uh, Hedges, the young kid, he's in a band, and they always hate on that poor drummer. Yeah. So the kid's always off. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I just love that in the movie about all this hurt and depression. Like, they take the time to really bag on some drummer. Oh, speaking of which, there was a there's another great scene that I love when Patrick goes to visit his visit his mom, and uh, I think it was like. Uh, her husband or her boyfriend, played by Matthew Broderick. Oh, yeah. It was a very, very uh, conservative religious family. And uh, Patrick uh, just didn't really grow up in that environment because, you know, I guess earlier in Patrick's life, uh, his mother was a, was an alcoholic. You know, his mother, like, uh, has reformed her ways. Like, uh, she's a Christian now. But, like, it's very awkward for Patrick because, like, he's just not used to seeing his mom like that. <laughs> Like, that whole scene was very awkward. Like, it was just like, ooh. Like, I, I was depressed before, but now I'm just awkward. I'm like, oh, man, what else are you going to do to me? Yeah, and that was really squirrely with Matthew Broderick. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> man, I, I don't know. For some reason, I just laughed when I saw Matthew Broderick, like, Broderick uh, come on screen. I'm like, oh, nice. Yeah, and he was in that movie Margaret, which if you haven't watched, um, it was made, I believe, in, like, I don't know, 2010 or 2009. It didn't get released till 2013. It sat on the shelves for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. It's good. It's written by the same guy, sure. Kenneth Lonergan. So if you ever get a chance, Margaret, watch it. Hey, uh, what did you think of the ending for Manchester by Sea? I loved it. I thought it was perfect. Yeah, like uh, like we mentioned all night, it was not very manipulative at all. It just... It felt like a very natural conclusion of what his character would do. Like he just knew, like he just cannot t- cannot stay in that town, uh, take care of the kid, but he just did his best to come up with a solution that worked, that worked yeah. out. And there's no big speeches. He didn't stay. You know, the entire hockey arena didn't get up and clap for him. Yeah. Like a lot of people felt uncomfortable with him around. Like when he went to apply for jobs, people were like, "Don't bring him in." And he got into like some pretty big fights in the town, like, mm-hmm. and it, it just wasn't doing anyone favors. But I like that he realized that. Yeah, it was. I don't, uh, I don't know. I I really appreciate this movie not because it just made me depressed or not because Casey Affleck did an amazing job. I just appreciate the fact that the movie kind of let its characters just kind of exist in their own space. Let, it gave them time to explore 
you know, their feelings and emotions in a very human way. You know? Like, it wasn't, like, nothing was, like, turned up to 11. Just, you know, just for the sake of, like, the pace of the movie. Like, the characters were just allowed to move at their own pace. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. And, like, they all sort of, like, humanized themselves. Like, at first you thought, like, you know, he, you don't know why he left Michelle Williams. But when she kind of breaks it down and says how terrible she was to him. And then she was apologizing and saying she still loved him. Like, that's just. No. Oh, man. I guess that was pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, it's heartbreaking. But see, I don't know. It's hard. It's like a good heartbreaking. Yeah. Does that make sense? You know, it's it's a beautiful movie. I definitely recommend it. But honestly, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, though? It's not Oscar bait either. No, it's not. It's it's just a really well done, beautiful movie. It's yeah. a very human movie. And I never want to watch it again. It's like holy crap. Yeah. It's my Lincoln. It's my Zodiac. Like they're all very good movies, but I just I just can't watch them <laughs> again. I I just can't. So with all like the hype around Casey Affleck right now, or like the 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 dislike around him, like you know, no one clapped. Uh, like Brie Brie Larson refused to clap when he got the award and everything. Do you think people should just you know think people can watch the movie as is now, or do you think they're going to kind of equate that? Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not like uh, advocating, you know, what did or didn't happen with him. Yeah. But uh, I say just don't let that stop you from seeing the movie. Cause honestly, it's it was it's not just Casey Affleck; it's everybody else in that movie that really made it great. It's just if you can, if you can separate yourself, like if you can separate the actor from the character, then I don't think it's a problem to watch that movie and enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, and plus everything else, just the writing. It won an Oscar for a good reason. Sure, sure. I, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, this is a very, that's very loaded. That's a very loaded issue. Like, it's very topical. Yeah. Very topical. We should stay away <laughs> yeah. from it. Oh, all right. Since we're getting topical, I think now's a good time to take a break then. Oh, gross. Yeah. All right, guys. I'll see you guys in a little bit. Hey podcast fans, I'm Jonathan and I'm here to talk to you about an exciting new podcast called Top 5. It's brought to you by Shark Dropper. Can you think of anything and everything that you wanted counted down anywhere from shitty serials to worst bands ever to top 5 athletes? Maybe even the top 5 movies. Well guess what? We counted down from 5 to 4 to 3 to 2 to 6. No, I'm just kidding. We counted down to 1 every time, every week. Shark Dropper Studios. SharkDropper.com. Welcome back to Movies, Films, and Flicks. That was a very, very good non-topical break that we took. Yeah, we we talked about nothing on topic. Sure, we talked about the 1971 World Series. Um, Yeah, yeah. We talked about the Hindenburg explosion. Yeah, didn't see that coming. No, no. (laughs) And then we talked about the, the fall of Rome. Yeah. So... It didn't happen in a day. Yeah, nothing, nothing topical. So nothing. It was a good, it's a good break. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of uh, staying off topic, I think it's time for another listener question. <laughs> and so this is a real one, and uh, this one again is from Sean, and he asks, "Name a scene from a movie that you feel tries to sell you a BS outcome. Example: Did Jerry Maguire really deserve to be fired?" Or would Glenn Close's character in The Big Chill really encourage her husband 
uh, or really encourage her husband to help her friend have a baby by having uh, by sleeping with her. Wait, so I'm kind of confused. Like he wasn't talking like about trailer scenes, right? Like just. No, I guess he's just kind of talking about movies that like, like, like a scene that just had a crappy outcome. Like for me, like there was a couple things that came to mind. Okay. Like, so so in Dark Knight Rises, right? Bruce Wayne has a broken back, mm-hmm. and a dude just punches him, <laughs> <laughs> and then he, and then he kind of just goes, "All right." You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is such, like, a serious movie, and he just gets walloped in the back. Or, like, in Batman vs. Superman, uh, the Martha bit. Like, this massive... You know, the scene... You know, did Jerry, like, really uh, need to get fired? He just wrote a memorandum. I, like, Googled it, and they're like, yeah, he probably wouldn't have been fired for this. Yeah. So are there any movie scenes that you can think of that just kind of have like a BS ending? Well, um, you know, I I don't know if this was the spirit and intent of the question. But I want to I want to talk about Be Kind Rewind a little bit. That movie with Jack Black and most stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like Yeah. The movie was about these two video store workers who just like obviously VHS was uh, going on style, and but in order to quote unquote save the video store, they had to just kind of, they kind of had to uh, remake crucial scenes of classic movies like The Lion King, uh, Do the Right Thing, movies like that, Ghostbusters, and it's just like, you know, I I kind of wanted the movie to just kind of be all about that, but it just the movie became like kind of took like a different turn than that. I don't know if you uh, remember watching Beacon Rewind. Yeah, I just remember everyone sort of rallying around him, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of... It had a very sad ending. Or am I wrong? Yeah, like the ending in the movie, like it was kind of... It was kind of sad, but they were all gathering together. But like, I don't know. The movie was just kind of... It just... It felt weird. Like, I wanted to watch this movie about, like, the remake of classic movie scenes, but then I watched it. I'm just like, man, I don't know if I... <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to watch this movie, you know? If that makes any sense. Yeah. No, no I'm with you. And, like, um, I was actually thinking about a, a, a movie, too, that, like, really bothered me with, like, the execution. It was that movie Hall Pass that, like, is just so stupid. It's about these two idiots who have, like, per- like great wives... But then they get restless and they want to have a hall pass. Yeah. And then at the end they get back with their wives. I'm like, these guys are idiots. Like this, none of this was earned. <laughs> it's no Casey Affleck in Manchester movie. by the Sea. <laughs> There's only one part in that movie that I remember. And, yeah, and like, there's only one scene that's burned in my memory. Have you seen Hall Pass? No. All right. So there's a scene. Where this guy, I think Owen Wilson's trying to like cheat on his wife. And so he's with this girl, but she's like in the bathroom and she's like leaning on like projectile shits all over the wall. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking like, like a, like a t-shirt cannon shooting it. Oh, and I didn't see it coming. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> like, I mean, it, it was terrible. Like, I can't believe someone actually made that. But that's the only part that like I really sticks out in my memory. Sure, 
Sure. But it just felt fake. Like these guys were a bunch of douches, and then like their wives go to cheat on them. And it's just such like a stupid saccharine movie. And like I guess a lot of those, there's a lot of romantic comedies that have these stupid scenes that kind of get played. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I guess the question I was asking for any movies with specific scenes, but it's just I don't know if we really. I couldn't think of any specific scenes that really just kind of missold the movie. That rang, that rang like disingenuous. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. This is this is tough. He put a lot of thought into this one. Sure. And when people do that, they give us trouble. Because we don't put a lot of thought in our answers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I do. I definitely researched these, but I was like looking all over the internet. I'm like, most of the things I could find were like movie scenes that wreck great movies. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I thought about a few. And then I guess the end of La La Land sort of annoyed me and didn't feel earned. Sure. Well, speaking of La La Land. <laughs> oh, I is John Stockton you? Yeah. That's good to what's, uh, segue into our next movie. Mark, uh, I think you already introduced it. Do you want to uh, introduce La La Land to the audience? Yeah, La La Land is the best picture winner. Oh, wait. Oh, never mind. Um, yeah, part. so La La Land <laughs> is a uh, musical about a man who wants to bring back jazz and a woman who wants to become an actress. The two of them meet. Uh, they fall in love. Spoiler they break up. They meet each other five years later. They're both living their own lives. They have a flashback about what if, and then the movie ends. So my first reaction when I saw this movie was that I really liked it. I mean, I still do like it, but not as much as I did. I think what struck me the most when I first saw it is that, well, even though it's a musical, I I enjoyed it, and I really don't like musicals most of the time, so... I, I gave it, like, a lot of credit for that. But, like, you know, in the weeks since I've seen it, I I just kept thinking about the movie. I'm just like, well, actually, I didn't like this. I didn't like that. Actually, you know what? I don't know if I really liked it as much as I thought I did. You know, it's like, it's a good thing that a movie makes you think, like, you know, after you've seen it. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, the more I've had a chance to think about it, the more it loses its veneer, you mm-hmm. know? It's just not... It's just not as the uh it's not that shiny, glamorous type of twinkling starlit movie that it's uh sold out it's sold to be. Yeah, and you know? people love this film. Like people absolutely love it. But you know, I get I get that. I, I kinda like that Gosling and, and uh Emma Stone did all their own dancing and singing. I really respect that. And I kind of like that they went for it. That didn't bother me. They didn't really need professionals. It's just like this in the movie Whiplash. It just felt kind of empty, man. Like, like what do, you, what do we what do we even know about Emma Stone's character? Yeah. Like, what do you know about her? She was like an actress, right? Uh, she was uh, up and coming, struggling actress trying to trying to make it big. She was a, uh, you know, she was uh, just chasing her dream. And working at a, a coffee shop is horrible. <laughs> so basically insulted every person who works at a coffee shop. Sure. Uh she's maybe a little bit naive in some parts of the world, right? Yeah. Well, it's kind of normal for a, a care for a girl her age or at least a character. Yeah. Her age. Um then you have Ryan Gosling who's kind of 
He's kind of like the older guy, but he's still like also like a struggling artist, artist chasing his dreams. He just well, you know what? He doesn't have to be a struggling artist. He just wants to save jazz. Yeah, yeah. I guess his dream is to kind of resurrect jazz to its former glory. Yeah, and like I don't know. There's like I don't know. So I guess they meet. There's they have a meet cute. Um, he kind of is a jerk to her. Then later on, he's in an '80s cover band, and she dances unnecessarily to it like a manic pixie. Can I say how girl. hilarious that was? Like, you the like whole that? Th- the whole time he was holding the synthesizer when he was talking to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then and then they kind of fall in love, and then he and eventually, well, like she has that conversation with her parents about how he's like not really doing anything. So then he sells out and becomes uh, part of a the keyboardist in like a fusion jazz band right. and then emma stone comes and watches him play and she acts horrified mm. she like runs away and then she does a one-woman show about a window he right. doesn't show up yeah and then she sings a song gets a role marries the guy from that thing you do which made me really happy <laughs> and then five years later she goes to his club they see each other and then they have this whole stupid what if i don't know man like i this movie like didn't affect me because I don't really wonder about what ifs. Sure. Right? Sure. Like, I don't, I don't know. Do you do what ifs? I, I just kind of do. I don't want to do that again. Uh, I actually think about what ifs all the time. Oh, actually. do you? Yeah. But that's like, just... what if you had that burger instead of the cheeseburger? Yeah, actually. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I. Well, okay. Before we get to the ending, I wanted to talk about the kind of the old school feel of the movie yeah like i actually like the fact that it was kind of a throwback to kind of old school hollywood like even the way the movie started like it was just something you see like uh out of an old school musical from back in the day yeah it just had like a i mean it said it said modern day la but it's just uh the aesthetic and just kind of the filmmaking kind of processes that were used it was just like very it felt very uh, old school, and I, I really, really appreciated that. Oh, I mean, the cinematographer deserved the Oscar. Damien Ch- Chazelle, the director, he did a fantastic—I think it's a good movie. I guess I'm just kind of rebelling against everyone talking about that's like, the greatest thing ever, when to me it just sort of felt like empty calories. Like, yeah. it was glossy, it was pretty, it was nice, but it was, it was all empty calories. I think people just love Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone together. Sure, sure. Do you think, like— because like the movie was uh it just do you think the reason why it just felt like empty calories is because like it just it didn't seem like a very realistic relationship between the two yeah i mean I, yeah although i guess that's kind of, it's not supposed to be realistic i know like it's is not it supposed to be like they sort of fall in love and pursue their dreams instead like their ambitions and then it costs them their relationship yeah like it the the movie's really about like uh just them like chasing their own like respective dreams but then you have them like being in a relationship and that's just kind of it becomes like the main focus of the movie it just kind of i don't know like i feel like it kind of detracted a little bit but there's time, a, yeah there's a bunch of montages yeah yeah I, I you know i don't know like it's kind of hard for me to review this movie because i'm just not like a big musical aficionado so i don't really i feel like i'm out of my depth here when i'm talking about this movie but I know that I enjoyed it more than I would like most musicals, but I still don't really, it still didn't really do much for me. 
Yeah. And yeah, and this is gonna sound weird and petty, uh, but like the songs and I thought the songs in this film were catchy, but they're not like I don't I don't know. I wasn't that in like Sing Street has much better music. Oh yeah. Like Moana, like those like uh Lynn Manuel Miranda, like those are the the really good musicals. Um I, I don't know, I guess just the people I feel like Deadpool and La La Land fans were the worst 2016 movie fans of the year. <laughs> oh, man. Like, <laughs> basically, like... so many Deadpool fans are like, it should have been nominated for an Oscar, right? And mm-hmm. so many La La Love fans are like, you know, like, did you watch that SNL skit with Aziz and Zari? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's perfect. Like, he just didn't really like it, and he got put in jail. <laughs> And then my favorite part of that skit, though, that he's like, I don't know, I like Moonlight better. And then the two cops are like, oh, yeah, yeah, great movie. Very important. Very important. Very, have you, have very you seen good. it yet? Uh, no. Uh, just, <laughs> no, no, we have. I, I have a thing. <laughs> yeah. she's like going and watching it would be like a whole ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I guess it's all that. I don't know. And, like, I just felt like there were better movies. There's better performances. And I just didn't w- want something so... To me, it that felt empty win. Like the I don't know, maybe I'm just like a gr- grumpy 34-year-old man, but um who's worked in the film industry for a long time. <laughs> and it, like all the film sets on that movie, like it pissed me off because that's not how really things are run. Oh, but, when they showed the the film sets. Like yeah, that. like when they were walking around, like and there's that scene in the garden. Like that's it's never like that. And actually on most movies, the way they show movies being like People are making movies of people making movies, and it's terribly unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I don't so know. People that, I, that's a nit, it's a nitpick. So people aren't just randomly walking, like on set, like behind the directors. <laughs> and like everyone has like these stupid BK headsets, as opposed to like the surveillance that everyone wears. Mm. Like for some reason, everyone's carrying a clipboard, and for some reason on movie sets, like lights are always being rolled everywhere. Like, it's just not like, it's just, I don't know. I, it's just extras pushing lights. I hope they got the crew to do it at least. But I don't know. This, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm a big bah humbug for not liking this movie. But um, Helen O'Hara from Empire Magazine, like the best movie magazine in the world, she, she's kind of like, she's not really that big of a fan of it. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's not, I just, I just don't think it's that good. This I think could, it's very good. It's yeah. well made. This could be the cynical part of me talking, but I think the I think the reason why the movie got as much traction as it did is because it's a movie about Hollywood. Like yeah. Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. You know? Like the artist yeah. Argo. Right? It's just like, yeah. I just yeah. if it was set if this movie was set in like Ohio, like would it still get like the same amount of like of of acclaim? Maybe, but I don't think it would have gotten nominated for as many awards, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. And I kept joking around. I kept saying that Manchester by the Sea and Moonlight should have been about filmmakers. Yeah. Like Casey Affleck's like a director. <laughs> and then the other guy becomes like an actor in Moonlight. And you then know, they make movies. I, I also want to point out that a, a musical that I, another musical that I liked, a musical that I liked a lot. You mentioned earlier is Sing Street. Oh yeah, it's definitely not a musical set in Hollywood. It's set in Dublin, Ireland during the 1980s. It's about as far away from Hollywood as you can get. But I thought it was an amazing movie. Yeah, and there was like there's there was hope to it. 
There was like melancholy. There was youth. There was like naivety. Um, I mean, you can argue that I really dealt with the same themes of just like chasing your dreams. Right? Yeah, and like, and but it was pure with these guys. They wanted to get out. Yeah, it you know? was. Uh, you know, I just speaking as a guy who doesn't really watch musicals or really enjoy them all that much. I felt like Sing Street was an amazing movie, uh, regardless of whether or not it's a musical. And I felt like it's a way better movie than La La Land. Yeah, and like. In the end, she becomes a famous actress, right? Who has uh-huh. a lot of what ifs, sure. and then Ryan Gosling be- saves Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in Sing Street, it's just like you, these kids are like they're they're getting in this boat to uh, to London, but you don't Shit. really know what's going to happen to them. They could die before they get to London. That water looks so choppy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, plus the music was way better in Sing Street. Way yeah, better. Like, I, I just I guess sometimes it's the Oscars. And so that's definitely informing my uh, – and they're not real. The Oscars aren't real. No. But but the fact that La La Land was going to win everything and the fans were just so, like, belligerent. And if you didn't like it, you get arrested. Uh, I guess that kind of led to, like, my whole, like – I don't – I don't – I if I had to give the movie a review, I would give it, like, a fresh rating. <laughs> yeah. You know? it, it's – no, it deserves, like, it's fresh rating yeah, on Rotten I just, Tomatoes. But it's not Manchester by the Sea. It's not Moonlight. It's not Sing Street. It's not Hunt for the Wilder People. It's not, I don't know. It's just. It's like those movies are top tier. Uh, La La Land is like kind of at the top of the tier below, you know? Yeah. And, but everyone's like elevating it. I think just people, I'm telling you, I, I read this AV Club article that was brilliant where the two, like, they had like a kind of a round table about why people liked it. And a lot of the people liked it had like a lot of what ifs in their life. And then the uh, dude who didn't like it was like, I don't know, man, I'm happy. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say that for everyone. But it just seems like this resonates to people who have like a lot of what ifs. And I do like the chasing your dreams and everything. But I don't know. I, I worked in film for a long time and traveled and my wife and I made it work. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They had the, he had to save jazz. Sure, sure. And then like the one woman show that. 12 people see that makes her a famous music, like actress. I don't know. It just see, all seem too easy. I think that's, yeah, I think you just hit on something. Like everything just seemed very convenient, you know, very convenient. Like he gets a call from John legend and he's in a famous band. Yeah. And like, I don't get why Emma stone like recoiled when he became mainstream, when she became mainstream, <laughs> like, isn't like, isn't becoming a famous actress, like the most mainstream thing you could do. Um, usually, yeah. I mean, I guess it's not the most mainstream, but like, yeah, I don't know. So for me, I don't know. It's just, I think people just like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone together. They could be in a, you know, a sequel. They could star in End of Watch and I don't know. I I can't think of any other movies that are like the opposite of that. They could be in Lockout and it would be nominated for Best Picture. Sure. Tron Uprising. (laughs) <laughs> Unforgiven. I, I I will say that it, it, it's kind of poetic how La La Land was originally announced as the best picture winner, but then like it got taken away from them, and it's just like it's uh it's hey, it's very much if? it's very much like the ending of the uh, the movie where it's just like <laughs> you see like you see like the uh, the happy ending, but then it goes back to reality. Yeah. What if? <laughs> what if? It's just like oh wow, like. 
that's actually like a perfect way to <laughs> to kind of not give the award to La La Land. Yeah. Right. And like you could watch La, you could watch the final two and a half minutes of La La Land, and you could see the whole thing. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. Yeah, it's just a recap of everything that happened. Yeah. So you watch the movie, you get a recap, and then she walks away. Like her husband seemed pretty cool. He was like down to going to random clubs and get a drink. Yeah. You know, that's respect. <laughs> and the dude's from that thing you do, which made me kind of happy. Yeah. I know I said that, but when was the last time we saw Tom Everett Scott in a movie? Uh without looking at IMDB. Um I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. I mean, I guess I kind of like the scenes with J.K. Simmons. <laughs> where he refused to play Christmas music. Yeah. Oh, I don't man. know. I don't know. So I guess the consensus for La La Land is it's a good movie, but don't feel like you need to watch it. Am I correct in that? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like everyone's like, you know, are going to think we're crazy. But uh, if you're flipping through your channels one day and it just happens to be playing on HBO, just it wouldn't be a bad waste of time. You know? Yeah. There we go. Sure. And it's well made. It 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 has some like dancing, which I don't mind. I don't mind a good musical, man. Like Moulin Rouge, the old classics. Like I just uh, I don't know. Like if you're in the mood for a really good musical, I'd recommend Sing Street over La La Land. Yeah, and like I get what they were trying to say at the end about pursuing your dreams, but it just felt so simple. It just everything was like handed to you in like a little nice bow. Yeah, yeah. like. It, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Maybe that's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Also, Manchester by the Sea. The consensus for that was, uh, it's a very, a plus. very depressing movie. <laughs> see, I still think it's, I, I didn't walk out depressed. I felt, I walked out like exhilarated. Like that. I just watched a piece of art. Yeah. But are you going to watch it again? I'd watch it again. Uh, I wouldn't. I just can't. Like, I watched that movie, The Wailing, and I felt incredibly depressed, like a South Korean horror film. Like with this one, I didn't feel wore out. I just felt like I watched good art. You know what movie uh, made me really, really depressed when I watched it for the first time? Swim fan? No. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, brother. (laughs) Oh, man. I remember remember walking out of theater. I'm just like, Wow. They totally just messed up a great idea for a movie and just made that. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, uh. when I taught uh, public speaking at Florida State, I used to tell my students about the Wolverine effect. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the first like 15 minutes of that movie where they're going through like World War One, World War Two, mm-hmm. like Vietnam. Like that kind of had me on like this high. I was like, this is really cool. And then Ryan Reynolds was like talking about Deadpool. And I really liked the beginning, but then it got horrible. But it took me like 45 minutes to notice because I like the beginning so much. Yeah. So I told my students, I'm like, listen, you know, if you got to focus on something, focus on a really strong beginning because it'll take a couple minutes for people to catch up realizing that like the rest of it's bad. <laughs> but like Wolverine was terrible. It just got progressively worse and worse and worse. I just uh, I was the same way. I'm like, man, I'm really, really digging like this movie. And then like when the, the credits start rolling, I'm like, oh, man, I just <laughs> I just want to cry. Like what happened? Yeah. What happened to that movie? <laughs> you think Casey Affleck? Like, watched... I don't know. This is gonna sound after. 
Oh, Casey Affleck should have been Wolverine. No, you think Casey Affleck watched X-Men's Origins Wolverine for inspiration? <laughs> I do. I do. I think he just watched. Do you think, like, uh, Casey He's... Affleck the whole time he was thinking about uh, scenes from uh, X-Men Origins? Like, is that why he looks so sad? <laughs> yeah, he was thinking about the blob scene, and then he was Aww. thinking about Deadpool when they were fighting on, like, a nuclear reactor. It's like during that scene where uh, Michelle Williams is, like, just opening up to, to him, like, the whole time he's thinking about, like, oh, they sewed Ryan Reynolds' mouth shut. Yeah, and then he got that's I you know what inside the actor studio we're gonna ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh brother. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, before we sign off, uh, are there any plugs you want to make, Mark? Yeah. Um. Had the movies from the flicks on iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. Send us questions. Also, check out the Land, the large association of movie blogs, and Shark Dropper. Um. Best podcast on the internet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Check out, uh, I don't know, lalaland.com. <laughs> I, I guess I think that's a website. Uh, Manchesterbytheseed.com. Yeah, I, I think that's also a website. Yeah, probably. Sure. And check out. Um, uh, actually, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually. <laughs> All right. Uh, that does it for a podcast. Uh, I guess watch both Manchester by Sea and La La Land. And Sing Street. Oh, definitely Sing Street. Actually, just watch Sing Street. Yeah. Sure. And Swim Fan. Yes. Or not Swim Fan. <laughs> just buy Swim Fan and don't watch it. Definitely don't watch X-Men Origins. You know, I almost taped, D- I almost DVR'd Swim Fan just to keep it on my DVR and not watch it. Oh, wow. That's the occasion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For my co-host, Mark Hoffman. Sing Street. Drive it like you stole it. (laughs) I've been here with John Lawson. Thank you so much for listening, man. See you guys next time. Five seconds till shark drought. Five, four, three, two, one. Drop the shark. Go, go, go. This podcast is a Shark Dropper Studios production. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.